Hi, folks. I'm India Yarbrough. Hi, and this is Katrine Bridges. Welcome to the latest co-hosted episode of It's Your Business. This week on the show, we're talking with a startup founder whose company is developing biodegradable packaging solutions that could replace some single-use plastics. And I'm especially excited about this episode today because we have just completed our very first full plug-and-play cohort in Topeka, and our guest today can tell us all about it. We hope you enjoy the show. John Brown, owner and founder of a startup called Stinco. That startup is based in Alabama, but John does have a Topeka tie, as he participated in the most recent cohort of the Capital City's Plug and Play Accelerator program. John is joining us remotely today to talk about his company, his entrepreneurship journey, and his local plug and play participation. So John, welcome to the show. We're excited to have you on. Great. Happy to be here. Thank you. To kick things off, uh, can you tell us a bit about uh, Stenco, its mission, and how you got the business started? Sure. Uh, Stenco's only been around for a couple of years, but it's actually the culmination of of my personal life's work. So uh, I'm a biodegradable polymer chemist. I spent about 20 years in pharmaceuticals where I was doing a lot of the biodegradable polymers, where uh, sutures, implants, drug delivery things like that. And so what I started looking at was what sort of properties can we give to uh, the known biodegradables that are out there to actually help the environment. And that's really where Stenco was born. So taking that sort of chemistry, we started looking at alternative uses for it and then altering the properties to achieve what we have as our primary flagship product today. Gotcha. Well, and you, you're based in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, can you talk a little bit about why you decided to stand up your business there? Are you from Alabama? Actually, I am. Uh, <clears throat> I'm a University of Alabama graduate, and uh, I have called this home for the majority of my adult life. Uh, but I have lived all over uh, Boston, North Carolina, Ohio. Uh, but everyone has a home and uh, sort of an anchor point. And Founding Stenco and getting it off the ground was an opportunity to come back home. That's awesome. So when did you realize that you had an entrepreneurial spirit, that you had the entrepreneur in you? And uh, was there a certain moment uh, that you that you can remember where that happened? Or let's get to know you a little bit more. Sure. Um, <clears throat> I think that uh, the entrepreneurial journey more or less uh, was, uh, I call it an epiphany type moment. Uh, So I had been, uh, I had a lab in my garage where I was making uh, polymers, which uh, didn't really go over very well in the neighborhood. Uh, (laughs) So uh, open up the garage and you've got all these tanks and and things in there, but but I was sending these out to various uh, contacts that I had in a couple different industries for testing. And, you know, so they, they kept coming back and saying, you, you have something really interesting here. Uh, what can, you know, this has got a lot of promise. Here's the test results. It's great. And, uh, and then I started making some contacts in uh, industries that could potentially use, or use that product. And they then had the same enthusiasm about it. And so then I, I kind of thought, well, now what do I do with it? Um, do I try to market it to 
somebody, you know, I, I was the one that invented it. Uh, I was the one that had started it more or less from scratch. But now what do you do? You have this product and you have no real outlet to take it to. And everybody seems to be interested in it, but it, you're just a one man band. And so um, that's when I started talking to other people who would uh, help and assist in raising funds, getting awareness up, the marketing, all the all the non-science stuff, you know, uh, getting it started, getting it established, uh, networking, all those sorts of things just started coming together. And uh, but it was sort of born out of, well, what do I do now? Uh, I've, I've got this idea or I've got this product. And um, and so luckily, you know, being able to leverage a lot of different relationships and and uh, and support, uh, honestly, uh, it really didn't happen until it was pretty obvious that something needed to happen and it wasn't going to without uh, putting a little skin in the game and, and really just diving in. So it was, it was all of a sudden I just found myself needing to start a business and that was uh, scary. I bet. Well, and STINCO is an, is an acronym, is that right? It stands for a longer meeting. Can you explain that? Sure. Uh, S-T-E-N uh, is for Save the Earth Now. So I'm a little crunchy. I like to uh, try to get those uh, sort of... Um, I guess saving the earth is is really something that I think is a is a higher purpose. It's something that we can we can all do a little something about, uh, but it is uh, definitely something that's near and dear to my heart. And I was like most entrepreneurs and people who are starting companies from scratch, you try to try to look for something that's not taken and then try to fit some sort of meaning to it. So uh, that was that was the uh, simple story behind it. That's I, I love that story about uh, starting in your garage, right? That this is the the common cons- uh, the <laughs> understanding that this is how the best entrepreneurs really start mm-hmm. with an idea in a garage. And can you tell us a little bit about how long did it take you from having that idea in your garage as a scientist and then assembling everything that you needed to launch Stenco? What, how long did that take? Sounds like a year-long process. Or it was it was about uh, six to eight months um, before ah. you know from the sort of now you have a prototype product and what do you what can you take that where can you go building those sort of uh, the building the foundation making sure it was uh, appropriately started and going in st- and uh, working with people to raise funds things like that so. It was uh, it was fairly quick, uh, but uh, the initial sort of science and the, the prototype, if you will, uh, warranted a lot of attention faster than we were actually anticipating it. So uh, so that that helped, and uh, the support system, um, whether that be the local entrepreneurial community or uh, the uh, the venture capital that's behind us, that that also just came together quickly. Uh, so we were we were quite fortunate. Yeah, when you you just mentioned, you know, the entrepreneurial community, and and I want to touch on that, you know, um, with this new Topeka Plug and Play Accelerator program, you know, we're really trying to advance the entrepreneurial ecosystem locally. And, and, uh, you know, we've talked on this podcast before about Mm -hmm. um, the resources it takes to really build that community and and create a place where startups want to be. And, you know, I'm curious, uh, with that being said, and you, you talked about standing up, obviously taking about six to eight months, 
months. Uh, can you talk about what resources you have seen in your area or that you have taken advantage of in um, in Birmingham or in Alabama that have been most helpful to you kind of as you've gotten Stenco started? So I think um, a little bit is uh, being able to find a, a central hub from which you can get out into that community. And uh, I understand that Topeka is actually getting uh, some uh, some of these facilities going where it's sort of a one-stop shop for the entrepreneur. And Birmingham is lucky we have uh, a facility and, and that exactly that sort of hub in Innovation Depot, which is where our laboratory and offices are. So looking at uh, at that as as your your place to go, your resource, and then just being very persistent about, uh, you know, hey, I need some help. Uh, where can I go? Who can I talk to? What things are available to me, uh, whether that be support at the local, state, or even federal levels? So, you know, not being afraid to speak up, uh, not being afraid to uh, be a little extroverted and engage maybe, uh, you know, outside of your comfort zone. I'm a, I'm a terrible introvert, uh, but what I do on an everyday basis actually is uh, is putting it out there. And that's that's part of the story of the entrepreneur. So if you're going to have the tenacity to run a business, then uh, hopefully you can you can you know work up to that level by having tenacity in, during the startup phase. And that really is what it takes, right? You, that tenacity, even as an introvert, uh, I can I can tell that uh, you're, you're very passionate about about your business. And it shows also, you, you had mentioned in an earlier conversation with me that um, this is not the first time you're participating in a plug and play program. Is that correct? That's correct. Actually, uh, our first cohort with plug and play was uh, right as COVID was kicking in. And so we were more or less pounding the pavement and getting out and traveling and visiting people. And all of a sudden those avenues were, were essentially closed. So we did, we needed to get the word out about who we were, what we were trying to do. And really the plug and play uh, ecosystem allowed us to network in ways that we could have never anticipated. So, you know, we were looking at a week long trip to go and visit one client. And now we're talking to four and five clients every day, virtually from all over the world. So it's definitely an opportunity to uh, to leverage again those relationships to uh, really put yourself out there if you're if you're willing to put the the time and effort into these accelerator programs, then you'll definitely reap reap the results. So from Stenco's standpoint, we were I think this is our seventh uh, plug and play program, and it's oh my uh, goodness, wow, yeah, it's, it's been nonstop. So it literally is full time uh, for us, and, and it's it has paid dividends for sure. How how do you participate in so many different plug and play programs? Is it um, are they focused on different industries, or are they the focus on different uh, clients that you get exposed to? Uh, how does that work? Yeah, plug and, plug and play is a little bit compartmentalized. It has, of course, a central structure uh, in, in support of the entrepreneur, but the various programs that they do are focused. So the Topeka uh, cohort was the animal health cohort. And at first glance, we didn't necessarily fit into it, um, but in looking at the participants from a corporate level, also looking at 
the other entrepreneurs that we would interface with in the animal health uh, vertical, as they call it, was uh, was like, hey, let's let's try this. Um, but likewise, uh, we've participated in uh, plug and play programs related to sustainability, which is definitely much more applicable to what we're doing. Uh, but also things like uh, food and beverage or even uh, new materials. So every time they come around with uh, with an opportunity for us to to maybe get into a different set of uh, of eyes on us, we've been taking advantage of that. So uh, and it and it's definitely paid off. Can you give us an example of an application of your technology in the animal health world that you can share? Sure. Sure, sure. So, uh, so Stenco's uh, primary technology is uh, a packaging system which is made to supplant single-use plastics. So, our our particular product has the same types of um, properties that a plastic system would have for uh, for food packaging. So, taking that as sort of the base, yes, of course, animal feed. Uh, or other sorts of, of applications where the food has to stay fresh until it gets to uh, gets to the pet or gets to the, the farm animal. That's definitely something that's applicable. But what's also applicable are some of the ideas that we're getting by interfacing with uh, people through the programs where they go, hey, have you ever thought about this? And, and an example of that was, you know, we have a biodegradable polymer technology and my background's in drug delivery, and we actually had a fertilizer company approach us through plug and play where they said, hey, you know, we, we'd like to have a controlled release fertilizer based on your technology. Can you work with us on that? And that's actually a program that we're actively working on right now as a direct result of the different ideas coming at us through the different cohorts that, that plug and play has offered to us. So it, it sounds like your uh, typical client is pretty broad then, pretty wide ranging. I mean, from from fertilizer companies to food and beverage companies. Is that fair to say? It is. And Plug and Play is, you know, a tremendous organization. I think there are six or 800 employees. Uh, they, they run about 30 of these cohorts a year. But their typical clients, the ones who actually work with Plug and Play to approach the startups are the ones that are that are fueling the Plug and Play organization. And so, in order to uh, to have the bandwidth to support plug and play, both from an internal innovation perspective and from you know uh, the time and resources that it takes to to fund a plug and play, uh, their target corporate organizations are you know, fifty thousand employees. They're worldwide. They have subspecialties that deal with exactly the type of chemistry that that our organization has. And so the, the depth that's there uh, in those typical corporates means that in a lot of cases, you may start a conversation with one particular expertise within a corporate structure. And next thing you know, you're talking to someone in Australia who has a different idea about maybe how they could uh, leverage your technology in our case. That's such an exciting um, setup because you, get, you, you suddenly find yourself 
being part of this global network of innovators that just um, enjoy having having different uh, generating ideas uh, that nobody has ever thought of before, right? Just based on uh, those collisions that you that you have. Well, you you've talked a lot about you know how uh, the different plug and play programs helps you connect with uh, you know different potential clients, different potential partners. Um, I'm curious too, as far as the programs go, what uh, benefits come from interacting with your plug and play peers? You know, I, and I, I know this last cohort was mostly virtual, so that might've been a bit different, but but can you talk about that? The the benefits that, that come from interacting with, pe- with fellow entrepreneurs that are, are trying to get off the ground too, or trying to grow their business through these same programs. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's I've, I've made no big secret that uh, three years ago I was part of a corporate, you know, cog. Uh, so I definitely understand that I've got a lot to learn. And just like you, you leverage your contacts and you leverage the expertise of the corporates. You definitely do that back with your fellow entrepreneurs in that there's so much to be learned uh, from uh, whether it's it's how they execute their their pitches, which is sort of your first exposure to them to even uh, technologies that are out there, different approaches, ways of, of uh, getting your name out there, uh, you know, and even uh, fundraising opportunities, or, you know, it was actually a, uh, a plug and play alumni that referred us to them in the first place. So, uh, so it was another, another entrepreneur that, that I was very familiar with said, hey, you, you've got something here that, that plug and play may be interested in, why don't you go check it out? And that's just, uh, that's just touching the surface of what you can learn from, you know, other people who are, who are out there, you know, um, moving, the, moving the mountains for, you know, the entrepreneurial community. It sounds to me... Uh, like you are a plug and play veteran, uh, made in, in a year and a half or so. <laughs> I would have the stars to prove it. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. Um, I, I, I'm dying to know um, how the Topeka program that is brand new, and you were part of the first cohort, compares to the other programs that you've uh, participated in. And I understand that they're, they're somewhat different, right, because they're focused on different uh, focus areas and in, in industry verticals. But I'm, I'm wondering how Topeka did in your eyes. Sure, I, I thought Topeka was a fantastic host. Uh, not in you know practicing that uh, that world famous Midwestern uh, hospitality, but the um, you know from from our standpoint, it was uh, a very focused uh, cohort in that there were there were three corporates that were there uh, that were extraordinarily well represented. So very highly placed uh, corporate contacts. Uh, there were, I think, eight or maybe ten different uh, uh, entrepreneurs that were that were approaching these. So it was it was a very intimate program. It was very focused, though. Uh, every startup that was there was was specifically focused on one of the three corporates, if not more than more than one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that the both the level of the interaction and the focus of that program lent itself to be much more uh, productive. Uh, so the conversations that we had were uh, were all relevant, uh, and we didn't have any sort of screening that that uh, maybe wouldn't have led somewhere. So, uh, which is not necessarily the the same. Uh, the same case as maybe having 20 different startups and 20 different corporates 
and you don't really know who you're talking to and it's it's uh, it's a little bit more impersonal and i'm not saying that you can't succeed in those but i thought that having the level of interaction as well uh, as that central hub uh, that being the the local topeka presence within plug and play was definitely uh, it was it was something that steered us in the right direction and really got us going quickly and John, I'm curious, were you the sole representative from Stenco in the participating in the program, or did you have any fellow Stenco uh, folks there with you? So, um, so I am both uh, chief scientist and chief marketing officer and uh, janitor of Stenco. And so, <laughs> uh, you know, as as a, as a startup, uh, we're we're growing our team, uh, but the the way that we're approaching uh, plug and play is that we have to kind of put our best foot forward and we have to uh, have the answers uh, to the to the questions that may be asked as they may not be asked again. And so uh, so I'm, I'm the most intimate with the technology. And uh, in a lot of cases, that's the uh, that's getting outside of that uh, introverted little hole that I kind of find myself in sometimes. But uh, but you know we have actually since brought on marketing people and probably the next cohort they'll be leading it but for now i've been the uh i've been the one-man band and uh you know having to force myself as the entrepreneur to really put myself out there and it's and it's paid off so you have your eyes on your next cohort is that what i just picked up (laughs) yeah so uh we were just offered a spot in uh in one that's being run out of japan uh so which I guess I'll love taking all those calls at 3 a.m. It sounds fantastic. <laughs> um, John, and you've always you've also been um, the the one startup that came to Topeka uh, for the graduation uh, celebration of our first cohort a couple of weeks ago, uh, when it was really the hottest day of the year in Topeka. <laughs> but I hear that uh, that's nothing for you in Alabama. <laughs> it was a mild day. <laughs> but what I, what I found, uh, this was actually the first cohort that we'd been able to attend uh, any sort of, of graduation ceremony. I felt like uh, with the interaction that we'd had uh, with the larger plug and play community, it was definitely time to, to meet in person. So, uh, so once travel started opening up, we, we saw that as an opportunity to again, uh, leverage those relationships and sort of, uh, you know, also expand it. So coming to Topeka and of course meeting meeting you two and uh, the interaction that we had with the local press uh, as well as even the uh, the local community leaders, that that's just invaluable to an organization like ours, which is uh, in large part we are fueled by by networks and goodwill, and uh, so we're certainly not going to turn a, a blind eye to that, and we appreciate the hospitality. Well, thank you. It was uh, it was a pleasure to have you. Um, Talking about networking and relationships, uh, as an introvert, <laughs> uh, we, we, we try to um, ask our guests uh, to give a little bit of advice to our budding entrepreneurs here in the region uh, that toy with the idea of exploring uh, how to start a business or if they are the right type or personality for it, if they should uh, do the jump. And, and take the risk and, and create something that could be awesome. Um, what, 
How, how important is networking in your mind? Uh, reflecting on uh, your experience uh, with a virtual cohort that culminated in a, in a in-person event. Um, and, and you said it multiple times, relationships is what is important, right? Uh, can, what would be your advice to budding entrepreneurs? I think the, the the primary responsible responsibility of the entrepreneur is is don't be the one that other people are waiting on. Uh, you know, work as hard as you can to to meet the deadlines that you have in front of you, to do what you say that you're going to do, uh, to have the follow-ups, uh, all by all while being uh, not only real and accessible as a person. Uh, but also uh, having a measure of professionalism and uh, you know treating it as if uh, this is your livelihood and this is uh, something that you you care about and people uh, can definitely pick up uh, if you're disingenuous or if you don't believe in what you're doing or if you're just kind of going through the motions and so don't half-heartedly get into uh, the situation where you find yourself an entrepreneur because um, you, it will be very difficult to succeed if you're not uh, 100% into it. Yeah, well, and when it comes to that, um, those that networking and those uh, conversations you've had in particular, um, how or what what do you keep in mind when you're approaching those networking opportunities? You know, are, are there certain uh, I guess tactics or strategies when it comes to conversing with people, and, you know, especially um, as an introvert, as someone who maybe isn't the first one to, to step up and, and introduce yourself to a room? Kind of, can you can you speak to that? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's interesting when you start getting into these uh, into these discussions when you meet people for the first time or when you're you know they pop up on the screen you've never seen them before you have no idea <laughs> their background but um, you know it, as a scientist I can't turn off certain things and so I try to gather as much data as possible uh, so uh, you know I go into private mode on LinkedIn and I kind of figure out what it is that they've done, where they've been before, if there's any, uh, you know, common uh, companies or people that we know, uh, find out about the company. Uh, so try to have as much context as, as possible uh, because people like me and introverts are not necessarily great at small talk. Uh, so I try, to, I try to gather the data so that I know who I'm talking to before the conversation even happens. And then once once you have that context, and maybe you can find some commonality there. Maybe you can find, uh, you know, a, a thread that you can that you can pull on. But for the most part, I think one of the things that that entrepreneurs get into trouble with is, and I've seen this both in myself and and in others, is uh, these are p real people too. Uh, they're they're really they happen to work for a large company with a lot of resources, and and they can potentially make or break your, you know, your day. But uh, at the very end of, at the very end of the day, I find that these folks um, are really just people. Uh, they're interesting. They're interested. Uh, they want to hear what you have to say, but you also don't need to oversell them. Uh, so just talk to them like, like real people and you'll find yourself getting a lot further than say being, you know, uber stiff or being, uh, inaccessible or closed off. And so open yourself up and uh, try to be personable, uh, even if it's not your nature. 
Sounds like the the big takeaway is there. You know, do a little bit of research, uh, try to be as personable as possible, and, and look for those connections. Absolutely, it's what's worked uh, worked for me, and I'm not saying it works for everybody, but uh, not everyone's as socially awkward as I am either. <laughs> well, that's really good advice, and makes me wonder what kind of information you found out about India and myself in preparation <laughs> of this podcast. <laughs> but that's not the subject of today's conversation. Um, what are your plans for, for Stenko um, going forward? What's next? What are the big milestones that you're, uh, you have on your, your sights on? So Stenko has more or less set our sights on uh, being a technology provider. So uh, we're not going to be the ones building a, a plant and making, uh, making our, our product you know, at an industrial scale. Uh, we we want to be uh, sort of a small shop and have the ability to license our technology, which is not that uh, that different from a lot of different startups. It's just we we have a a hard uh, or a chemical material, a hard product, uh, but others have prototypes or others have ideas that they want to license. Uh, so from our standpoint, we we develop and our the lifeblood of our business is intellectual property where we. Uh, we try to enhance our technology with different patents and things like that. So we're looking to license our existing technology, which is applicable in a, in a broad number of areas, and also improve upon it and, and really try to push the frontiers of what we're able to do with a uh, with an environmentally friendly packaging system even further. And uh, we can do that by, uh, again, by leveraging our existing relationships, finding out exactly what's needed in the market, and, um, and then try to develop products that, that meet those needs and fill those voids. It sounds like you really have, you know, such a, such a bright future ahead and so many different applications. Where can people find out more about Stenco in case they want to get in touch with you? Sure. So Stenco is very active on LinkedIn. Uh, we would encourage people to uh, link in with us there. Uh, we, we of course, also have our website and uh, I'm always, uh, always available uh, through uh, the plug and play network and through our friends in Topeka. Awesome. Well, um, you know, we like to uh, kind of wrap up our conversations on a little bit of a lighter note, uh, and a Topeka-focused note. Um, and I know you haven't spent a, a ton of time in Topeka since the plug-and-play program was mostly virtual, but of course you have been here for the graduation ceremony, and I'm sure you've, you've done your research on the area. <laughs> um, can you talk about, uh, you know, what you've enjoyed about Topeka so far? Do you have a, a favorite spot you visited or, or something like that? Actually, I have. Uh, my favorite spot is actually my namesake. Uh, so in your Capitol building is a large mural of John Brown, the abolitionist. So uh, having my picture taken in front of that mural was the highlight of my trip. Uh, and, you know, being able to uh, pose as if I were uh, really upset with the whole world with flames and tornadoes and everything behind me. That's, that's actually pretty awesome. That was a, that was a highlight there. Uh, but I do think that you have a, a beautiful capital city. Uh, I think that everyone that I met there was extraordinarily open. And uh, and because of the relationships that we made uh, with some of the corporate partners at Plug and Play, I fully expect to be back. That's great news. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, we, we enjoyed 
talking to you tremendously today. Uh, thank you for sharing your wisdom with us and your experience as an introvert. And you could have fooled me. <laughs> I, you, you don't appear absolutely uh, to be an introvert at all. But I think for me, the takeaway is um, go outside your comfort zone every day, right, and see what happens. Um, it doesn't matter who you are. Um, that's that's the world out there, and it's so exciting to explore. Absolutely. Well, John, you know, it's been it's been great to have you on today. It's been great to hear more about Stinco. Do you have any final thoughts uh, to leave our listeners with before we wrap things up? I would just like to thank you both for the efforts that you put into the community. It's been my pleasure uh, to, to talk with you today. And it's, uh, again, something that I, I certainly appreciate the uh, the time and effort and, and energy uh, that goes into support of organizations just like mine. And so, uh you know, keep uh, keep the faith and keep things going. And, uh, you know, if there's any way that I can that I can help, I certainly will. Awesome. Well, we've been talking with John Brown, owner and founder of Stinco. John, thank you so much. Thank you. My pleasure. What a great conversation today. It certainly was. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you just heard, please like and subscribe. And if you know of any entrepreneur in Topeka that you would like us to highlight on this show, please let us know. To reach us, you can shoot me an email at iyarbrough at cjonline.com or you can find me on Twitter. Hope you'll join us next time.